Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Daddy Peters Worries. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! Last week, with his winning answer of Before the Throne of God Above, Mason of Lubbock, Texas, was our winner. Great job, Mason! Now let's listen to this week's story, Daddy Peter's Worries. School was in full swing, and Pearson and Penelope were slowly acclimating to the workload after coming off summer. It had been a great summer full of whimsy and adventure. After school had begun, the Peters family had taken an extemporaneous trip to the Azalea Flats after Daddy Peters' boss, Fred, had offered the weekend getaway free of charge after a reservation had been canceled. The trip had served to rejuvenate their spirits since school had kept Mama Peters, Pearson, and Penelope inordinately busy. While at the cabin, they'd had time to have several prayer times together as a family, and Daddy Peters had encouraged them that God would give them strength for each and every task at hand. He implored Penelope and Pearson to not get discouraged when maybe they couldn't get a math problem or when they were struggling to remember prepositions or some other parts of speech. And Daddy Peters had been right, because God was indeed proving himself faithful, as always. So it was that as Penelope sat at the kitchen table on a fall afternoon with her brow furrowed as she puzzled over a math problem, She tried to discern the pattern of the puzzle and sighed softly to herself and internally prayed that the Lord would help her to understand. Thankfully, moments later, God gave her insight and she was able to figure out the answer. Pearson was seated across from Penelope, immersed in math problems, and with little effort, he was zipping through them in spite of his previous dread. He was actually enjoying himself. Math was proving more and more to be a strength of his. He didn't, though, feel the same way about writing. And he knew that was the next subject on the agenda. His assignment was to write an outline on a classic novel about a man living alone on a desert island with a single native companion. Thankfully, the writing curriculum was more straightforward this year. Mama Peters was always on the lookout for finding new ways to teach. She wanted to help her students understand concepts more easily, to enjoy learning, and she wanted to learn more scintillating ways to teach various subjects. Pearson was grateful for the new writing curriculum. It took all the guesswork out of writing. Still, though, it did involve writing, and it was still not his favorite subject. Mama Peters was sitting with the twins at the table, teaching them shapes and colors with a plethora of sensory boxes. Every now and again, Pearson and Penelope would lift their heads from their books and glance with wonder and affection as Priscilla and Patience understood some concept or shouted out answers like triangle, circle, square. Mama Peters' eyes shined with delight as the twins pointed and answered correctly. Watching babies develop over time always brings a certain visceral pleasure to parents as they observe a faithful God's handiwork that brings about the various milestones in succession. Psalm 139.14 I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Held a special meaning for Daddy and Mama Peters, who had had the twins a bit later in life, 
but had been witness to the toddlers growing in their knowledge and observational skills. After Mama Peters had finished up with the twins, she announced that it was piano time for Pearson, who, glad to have a break from his writing, stood up and walked over to the piano where Mama Peters listened to him play. He was still a bit rusty after a long summer of very intermittent practice, and Mama Peters, knowing what to expect, was patient with his foibles. Okay, honey, keep practicing that song, but let's play it one more time, just because I love it so. Pearson obliged Mama Peters, who began to hum along as Pearson played Only Trust Him. (laughs) Pearson played the old hymn a lot better the second time around. Now let me hear your scales, Mama Peters gently directed as Pearson transitioned. Up and down, back and forth he played until it was Penelope's turn. Pearson couldn't say he loved playing the piano, but he did enjoy the one-on-one with Mama Peters. Penelope, who had practiced more than Pearson over the summer, was more prepared for her songs. It helped that she loved playing the piano. It was growing to be her favorite pastime. Mama Peters was thankful for that because it was a particular joy for her as well. As Penelope's fingers tickled the ivories, Patience and Priscilla played with blocks on the floor, and Pearson continued his work in writing. All in all, it was a perfect picture of a homeschool family in that moment. Certainly, snapshots of moments do not always accurately reflect the workings of a household, but the Peters family, in general, was fairly undisturbed. That is, until Daddy Peters walked in unexpectedly from work. Though Daddy Peters' unanticipated appearance caused an eruption of excitement that flowed from the mouths of his children, Mama Peters immediately discerned by the look on his face that something was amiss. Daddy Peters, what are you doing home? The children shouted, hugging Daddy Peters and attaching themselves to his legs. I'm just glad to see you all, Daddy Peters announced vaguely. Mama Peters walked over to where Daddy Peters stood, kissed and hugged him, and looked him squarely in the face. Daddy Peters didn't indicate that anything was wrong, but did signal for Mama Peters to join him in the family room. Pierce, Penelope? Would you take the twins outside and go play for a while? Mama Peters and I are going to chat for a bit. Daddy Peters? Mama Peters was speaking now. How about the kids play for a bit, and then they load up in the car, because I was going to go on a grocery run. Mama Peters unlocked the car with her key fob, so that the children could load inside when it was time. Okay, Mama Peters, how long before we go to the car? Pearson wanted to know. Oh, I'd say play for about ten minutes, and then hop in the car and I'll be out to go to the store. Mama Peters responded as she and Daddy Peters walked into the family room together. What's wrong, sweetie? Mama Peters asked as soon as they hit the family room. I got laid off today, Mama Peters. Fred felt terrible and apparently had known that it was coming but the company downsized by 40%. So all of us in this office were laid off. I was completely dumbfounded. I was blindsided. And it was hard to swallow, too, because I've worked so hard to help grow the company. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. What a disappointment. Mama Peters was empathetic to Daddy Peters' dilemma. How I appreciate your reaction, Mama Peters. I know the Lord is in control, but I'm reeling. I mean, I've got four kids and a family to support. I mean, this is just, this is just shocking. Daddy Peters looked dejected. 
Oh, I understand, Daddy Peters. It is shocking. We'll just need to do all we can to save some money. Should I cancel the trip to the grocery store? No, Mama Peters, we need food. But we do need to make sure that we're not spending anything extra until I can find a new job. I don't want to stress or worry, but it's definitely a challenge right now. Daddy Peters was honest in his assessment. I know, honey, but we'll pray you find another job quickly, Mama Peters encouraged. I've been praying exactly that, Mama Peters, ever since Fred called me into his office today. I think we should pray right now, Daddy Peters, Mama Peters said sweetly, and Daddy Peters nodded in agreement. Together they prayed, asking the Lord for joy in a circumstance that could easily produce worry. They beseeched the Lord to provide for their needs and to help them to trust Him as they waited for His timing. They prayed Daddy Peters would exercise forgiveness toward Fred and others who had known what was coming but hadn't warned anyone. But mostly they prayed that they would find their joy completely rooted in Christ and that they would turn their eyes onto Him and off themselves. Meanwhile, outside, Pearson and Penelope, Patience and Priscilla were in the car waiting for Mama Peters. Penelope and Pearson were chatting away about what it was that could possibly be delaying Mama Peters. So engrossed were they in their chatting that they paid no mind to Patience and Priscilla in the front seat, pretending to drive the car. Nor did they notice when the girls had figured out how to release the emergency brake. And finally, they didn't notice when they had put the car into neutral, allowing it to begin rolling backwards down the driveway. Pearson! Why are we moving? Penelope shouted as she looked up and saw that they were rolling backward, slowly down the driveway. Pearson jumped into the front seat and moved the babies out of the way as the car continued rolling. Though it was rolling at a snail's pace, it was still rolling backwards. Penelope jumped into the passenger seat, threw open the door, and contemplated whether or not she should put her foot down to halt the car. She made a snap judgment and realized that that wasn't a smart move. She pushed the door open wide and began shouting, Mama Peters! Daddy Peters! Help! Come out! Daddy and Mama Peters were just closing in prayer when they heard the children shouting. They raced out the front door just in time to see the car roll down the driveway with the passenger door flung open. Eventually, the car came to a stop because with the door wide open, it hit the mailbox with a crushing sound. The door was completely crushed against the main body of the car which had finally stopped with the impact. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but Penelope and Pearson sat as if glued to their seats. They were completely shocked. Patience and Priscilla, oblivious to what might have been a worse outcome, were clapping excitedly. Oh, kids, out of the car! What happened? Mama Peters yelled out. I don't, I don't know. Patience and Priscilla, they did something and, and the car was moving and, and we didn't, and, and it was going backwards and, and we didn't, we didn't, we, we didn't know what to do. And, and I flung, I flung, I flung open the, 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 the door and Penelope's voice trailed off. What on earth? How are we going to pay for this? The car's basically undrivable with a, a crushed door. Daddy Peters normally unflappable, spoke in a tone that betrayed his impatience. I'm sorry, Daddy Peters, but, but what could we do? Pearson was puzzled. I don't, I don't know, but maybe damaging the car wasn't the best idea. Daddy Peters looked to be in a daze. Mama Peters signaled to Pearson and Penelope not to answer back. 
they understood immediately and stood silently as Daddy Peters began inspecting the car. Mama Peters walked into the house with the kids, knowing that Daddy Peters needed a bit of time to process. Mama Peters knew that her beloved husband wasn't thinking clearly at the moment. When they got inside the house, Mama Peters directed them to the kitchen. She wordlessly handed Penelope some apples to begin shopping, and she handed Pearson some cucumbers to peel. Both Pearson and Penelope were glum about what had just happened, and Daddy Peters' words and tone had stung. Mama Peters began to try to smooth things over. Piers? Pen? Daddy Peters' response wasn't patient. He was alarmed and angry about what he saw. And I know it surprised and injured your feelings, but there are a couple things at play, and we need to consider those things. Proverbs 25.11 says that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. In other words, when we speak a word in season, a word that's fitting for the moment, it's beautiful. Daddy Peters, who was almost never in the state you saw him, would have been provoked further if we had not held our tongues. I honestly don't know what you could have done differently, Pearson and Penelope. Although Daddy Peters was angry, I am almost certain that he'll recognize that there was nothing that could have been done differently. But for this very moment, I want you to think on Proverbs 19.11. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. And the way that we can best overlook offenses is by being mindful of how Jesus handled offenses. Here, let me read to you from 1 Peter 2, Mama Peter said as she opened her device. He who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, and while being abusively insulted, he did not insult in return, and while suffering, he did not threaten, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. We can remember that Jesus suffered much more than you have by Daddy Peters' momentary anger. I know, Mama Peters. You're right. Okay, but, but what if Daddy Peters is still angry? Penelope asked. Well, let's do this. Let's pray for Daddy Peters right now. Knowing him, I don't think he'll be angry. But we don't know. We can only know that God will give us the strength to overlook offenses, to forgive, and to remember how Jesus handled it. And we all know that Daddy Peters is loving and kind, and he's overlooked our offenses many a time over the years. And when it comes time, I'll speak a word if I have to, when I determine that it will be in season. Penelope and Pearson were satisfied with Mama Peters' answer, and they both bowed their heads as Mama Peters began praying that God would give them the grace to overlook the offense, to forgive, and to walk in grace toward Daddy Peters. She prayed for Daddy Peters, who had not yet joined them in the kitchen. When Mama Peters said amen, Daddy Peters walked through the door. Piers, Penn, Priscilla and Patience, and Mama Peters, of course, I have something to say. Would you join me at the table for a moment? Daddy Peters' tone had changed, and once again, the gentle and humble man they knew sat down with them at the table. First, I want you to know, there is no excuse for my anger. I lashed out at you guys. I showed more care for the car in that moment than for you. I'm ashamed to say that I didn't even check to make sure that everyone was okay. And second, I was like a senseless fool. I hate that I did that, but I need to ask your forgiveness for the injury I brought to your feelings. I've already confessed it to the Lord, and He's already forgiven me. 
Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and I sure didn't speak life-giving words. Would you please forgive me? Oh, Daddy Peters, of course, I forgive you. Pearson was magnanimous in his readiness to forgive. Oh, me too, Daddy Peters, Penelope echoed, as they both looked lovingly at the man who had raised them in such meekness and was bearing the guilt of his response in his tearful apology. And I'm not done yet, Daddy Peters added. I need to confess something to you. I've been worried. I haven't been trusting the Lord in the past couple of hours because I lost my job today. But you need not worry. The Lord promised to provide for our needs, and I trust him in this. He's kind and generous, and he's always proven himself to be faithful, just like we talked about at Azalea Flats, and like we've taught you your whole lives. I was worried about the cost of the car, but if we need the car, God will provide. With tear-filled eyes, Mama Peters began to speak. Oh, God will provide, and Daddy Peters, thank you for all the years and years of hard work you've put in. We're thankful that God is always with us in every trial, and he will be with us in this one, too. Mama Peters had no sooner put fruit and veggies and sandwiches on the table for lunch when the doorbell rang. Daddy Peters rose to answer the door. He opened the door, and there stood Billy Cameron on the porch. He and his wife, Sonny, and their son, Rocket, were new to the neighborhood. It looks like you got your door crushed, Daddy Peters. Can I help you fix it? Pearson and Penelope looked at each other. Billy Cameron was always ready to help. Wow, I I was just thinking I would bring it to a shop and and get an estimate, Daddy Peters answered. Nah, don't do that. I think we can fix it. I've got some tools at the house. It probably ain't going to look pretty, but you'll be able to drive it. What do you think? You want me to go back to the house and get the tools? Billy, that is so kind of you, Daddy Peters responded. We would appreciate that so much. Mama Peters rejoiced internally at the help that was being offered. After some work, and two hours later, the door was back in place. It definitely was still damaged, but at least they were able to drive the car with a closed door, even if the door was permanently closed. That ain't no big deal. You can hop out the window if you need to, Billy said, as sweat poured down his face. That would actually be pretty cool. I think that might be kind of fun, Pearson acknowledged. Billy, thank you so much for your help. You've saved us so much money, Daddy Peters told his neighbor. Please join us for dinner tonight. Your whole family, Mama Peters added. Well, you know we can't pass up a Mama Peters dinner. Oh, how sweet of you to say, Billy. So the Lord willing, we'll see you, Sonny, and Rocket for dinner. And if your dad can make it, he's welcome to join us too. Mama Peters was gracious as always. As Daddy Peters went to wash up, he noticed that he had missed a call from Fred his old boss. Hmm, I wonder what the call was about. I best return it, Daddy Peters mused. Pearson, Penelope, and Mama Peters were all curious about the phone call, so they waited in silence. Hi, Fred. I think I missed your call. Oh, really? Mama Peters raised her eyebrows and looked at Pearson and Penelope. Daddy Peters' face lit up. When he finally finished, he hung up the phone. Guess what? Fred just offered me a job at his new company. Apparently, he wasn't free to talk about it until things were were all firmed up. I have the same job with more money. Mama Peters, I am overwhelmed by the kindness of the Lord. Oh, Daddy Peters, that's great. Mama Peters was emotional as well. Praise God. Oh, Mama Peters, Penelope and Pearson and 
Priscilla and Patience, I'm so ashamed that I was worried, because the Lord has always been faithful. But Daddy Peters, you confessed your worry, and you repented, so it's done. As far as the east is from the west, Pearson chided. Piers, you are so right. By this time, tears were flowing down Daddy Peters' cheeks. He spontaneously broke out into prayer. Lord, thank you for supplying. Thank you for being so good to me. And then Daddy Peters recited Psalm 8610 as a prayer. For you are great, and you do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. This is Grandmom's Corner. As we've mentioned many, many times, most of the stories we bring are based on true life experiences. So this week, we bring you two stories. Decades ago, like the Peters family, we experienced a similar happenstance when our car began to roll backwards down the driveway. My husband was working three jobs at the time, all while finishing up his college degree, and money was scarce. One of our cars was an old, banana-colored Ford Pinto. One day, I told a couple of our older kids, along with our fifth child, who was about two and a half or three at the time, to get in the car because we were going to the store. I told them I would be out in a minute. We had a short driveway where we parked our car right in front of the garage, and we had a curbside mailbox. After our kids got in the car as directed, the two older kids began having a casual conversation. Our fifth child, though, was playing in the front seat, and somehow he managed to disengage the emergency brake. The car began to slowly roll backwards out of the driveway, and my second daughter, who was in the car, threw open the passenger door, not knowing what else to do. It stopped the car because it hit the mailbox and damaged the door. Thank the Lord, no one was hurt, but it was quite upsetting. We didn't know what to do. Because it was an old car, we only carried liability insurance. And without the car being repaired, we couldn't use it. We really did need a second car. So after the dust had settled, we asked the Lord for wisdom about what to do. We had a new friend from church who owned a body shop, and so my husband called him about how much it would cost to fix it. Our friend was able to find a used door and paint it the same color, and he only charged us $10. So God not only provided a door, but he provided a generous new friend who charged us only a fraction of the usual cost. Things don't always happen in the way we plan them, or even in the way we pray, but we find hope in Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The next story involves one of our sons-in-law, Billy. He'll share about his first job out of college. His boss's name was Fred, who was a family friend and loved the Lord. He was instrumental in helping Billy procure a job. Listen as Billy shares. Back in 2013, I lost my first job out of college. My manager called me into the office one day and just let me know that the company was restructuring and had nothing to do with my performance or anything else, but they had to let me go. I came home that day and told my wife Natalie about it, and we both just taken aback and surprised and not really sure what God was doing through that situation. At that time, Natalie was pregnant with her first child, Annie, and she was due to be born in just about a month. We also, that same week, had just closed on our house that we live in today. We were just not sure what God was doing. Like, not a great time for us to all of a sudden not have any more income coming in. 
we turned to God in prayer. It was just an opportunity to trust God instead of letting ourselves become anxious and worried and stressed and how we were going to be able to provide. We realized that we just needed to trust God with, with that situation. Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 was the scripture that really helped us and helped me to understand that it's need to turn to God not to be anxious and to trust Him and He will bring peace. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Everything ended up being okay. God provided for us financially, and I was able to find another job again in a few months. The time that I had off of work became a huge blessing as our first daughter was born, and I was able to spend more time at home with her than I was able to spend with any of my other children being born after that. And so it was a great opportunity to help Natalie at home. It was also great to be home when we first got a house because it was having a house was new to us, and be able to move in and get situated and set up were all things that. It when we look back on it, we're a huge blessing. But at the time, it was a little scary, and we just needed to realize that we needed to trust Him and turn to Him. And, and He showed us His um, ultimate will and plan through teaching us and, and bringing us through that trial. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.